So, good afternoon. My name's Ben Coach from U2B Networking and Mooges Media. And today I'm hosting a podcast with the IT team. In the room today we have... Martin Morris, Director of ALK Print Limited. We're a Lytho printers and digital printers. Um, up to A2, printing anything from a business card right through to a brochure. Paul Deville, Director of IT Top Solutions. We do everything IT and technology for the small to medium-sized enterprise. Ryan Stott from SEO Nuts. Uh, we are web designers and search engine optimization specialists. Ryan Johnson from Biomely, uh, a web designer, and uh, we make websites. Okay, we've had a quick talk before we've uh, recorded the podcast, and one of the items that come up is, is the word Brexit. Uh, I know most people are sick of the word Brexit, but there is some uh, major changes will happen in IT because of it. Paul, you were the one to discuss this, so we'll start with your good self. Okay, uh, the biggest question we get a lot of clients at the moment is what happens after Brexit. And the biggest thing that we can tell is that a majority of IT equipment will have a sharp increase in its costs. Uh, most IT equipment, such as HP and Dell, are all assembled in Eastern Europe, uh, such as Poland, Romania, places like that. So all of the UK distributors will buy in from those countries. So most of the uh, main distributors are expecting a 10 to 30% increase in the cost of a brand new computer after Brexit. Although the costs from China should probably stay the same, the majority of those costs uh, that are brought in to Europe are going to actually be then recharged onto the UK, obviously with the new tariff arrangement uh, from a no-deal Brexit, which is looking most likely. Okay, and will anybody else be affected by it? Obviously, we all have materials to buy. In the marketing industry, it can be affected by Brexit because um, in any economic crisis, which is potentially what Brexit could be, uh, people get very scared to spend on things like marketing to think it's not a necessity, but that's obviously you know, a mistake at the same time because that will limit your growth in, in guaranteed rather than, you know, if you carry investing, you can still see a good return on the investment from a marketing point of view. And I think that's a, that's a major frustration for all of us. We're all involved in some type of marketing or equipment. Um, and, and it's the first thing that people seem to pull back on, isn't it, Martin? Yeah, that's right, yeah. I mean, what we're seeing with us at the minute with the Brexit is that the paper increases are still continuing, but um, that they're stockpiling the paper, trying to keep the cost down for the materials because people don't want to see their prices increase from October. And, and Ryan from Biomely, you, you, obviously people need to invest their websites to keep it current, don't they? And, and it's frustrating when people cut budgets. Yeah, I mean, you know, if people aren't willing to invest in a website, it's not ideal always, especially if they've got an old website or if realistically, you know, it's time where they're to update the way they do business as well. And their website can reflect that. Uh, leaving it back in the past can obviously have a bad impression. We're all really involved in marketing budgets, aren't we? And, and, and it's one thing that, that, OK, yes, we want people to really spend on the marketing to increase the business. But it's usually one of the first things people cut, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, from a web design point of view, they're cutting, but people who have regular SEO contracts and are spending a monthly amount think that's the thing that's able to be sacrificed as well. The second, obviously, they decide to fund that to save a bit of money, they don't realise they're going to hurt the business either immediately or at least later down the line because they're going to see less inquiries and less business as a result. We've also seen it from a print point of view, um, the decrease in people's volume in ordering, whereas, you know, we used to get the 10, 20,000 orders. People are reducing that in volume as well because it's a cost-cutting exercise that they think they can go online and market their business more for less money online. So we're seeing, like, from a paper point of view, less being bought. 
And of course, that also brings us on to online marketing and, and people really that, that using online uh, suppliers. They're taking it away from the likes of us who deal with people to people, aren't they? Yeah, I think a lot of people these days just prefer to do things online. Some of the old school businesses think it's not as important that they can carry on with the old ways. But whether you want to be just a solely online business or you want to be one of these old schools, online is still important. You still need to invest to have an online presence and make sure you get the inquiries because as people move towards more of an online platform with changes with generations, you need to make sure you stay current. Yeah, I totally agree, but also the online really is the start of a conversation, isn't it? You know, you get the online inquiry, you still want to have that contact with the person. Yeah, you, you can use it as a start of a conversation. Yes, Ryan? Yeah, I was going to say, like, it depends what you mean by in person, I suppose, but technology's got to a point where you can, in a way, you can remove that, that particular section by you know, screen sharing, so there's no reason why you couldn't technically interact with people purely online without even them hearing your voice via messages or by a screen share. Um, like, you're not limited to people within your immediate area anymore. I think being able to utilise that is quite important, especially for a lot of businesses that haven't quite picked up on that yet. But you're still talking to a person, aren't you? Not a computer screen, etc. The person is at the other end. True, but there's also chatbots that can go a long way. I mean, I'm not saying you wouldn't interact with anyone entirely. Yeah. But I'd definitely say you can reduce the amount of time you spend physically talking to a person. To talk to a person different ways to talk to a person. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we're an online marketing company, but we still stress the importance of meeting our clients face to face. Both of our salesmen within our company still make the effort to meet, I'd say, 90 95% of our clients before we'll actually engage in business with them because we still believe in the old school relationship. I think online is important to get people through the door but it's still important to maintain a strong relationship, and I think you can only do that from meeting a person. And certainly, Paul, with you, it, it's vital, isn't it, because you need to know what that person wants. Yeah, I think with the increase in um, Zoom, uh, Skype, and all those online technologies that allow screen sharing, as Ryan mentioned, as well as getting to the point of actually doing interactive uh, sessions with people and taking control of the screens, uh, getting to the point of actually seeing them and getting a face-to-face -face conversation with them, is, uh, is really important and that doesn't necessarily mean you have to travel to see them to actually get that point across and that's getting more and more popular because again it reduces the costs and that's ultimately what most businesses are looking to do. People still like the one-to-one, the, the -one. we, we gain a lot of our business going face-to-face -face. you know especially a new customer we will go out and see them we get a feel of the business they get a feel back from us we, we still like the one-to-one -one. we've still got the backup of our website but we still believe that the one-to-one -one interaction with our new customers and our old customers just popping by we do find that they quite like that. There's still the interaction, they're saying, well, I'm still not 100% with the website. They still like the interaction of the one-to-one. -one. But I do totally agree that it's an avenue where people are saying, well, instead of having one appointment a day, can we cluster it together and having three or four in the same area, so you're saving on fuel. We also are saving with the staff. They're saying, well, they've got to live as well, but also the business needs to operate, doesn't it? I think, really, though, it's also, is that cost worth the travel? You know, it, it depends on the size of, of the orders, and it like Martin, you just said that orders used to be for thousands of runs, and now they're, they're dropping into the hundreds. You know, you wouldn't travel to say Cornwall or Devon from here for hundreds. You know, you do it for thousands, wouldn't you? Respect? Yeah, we would do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that's the difference, and that's where your your the Ryan and Ryan your technology comes in. What you've discussed is because it does make it open and more cost effective to have the Zoom meeting or the Skype meeting or you know the technology meeting. Uh, but of course, for the technology, Paul, it, it's still vital that they have a, a decent PC, isn't it? Of course, so there's still an investment in that. Well, of course, there's always an investment in any technology. And going back to the Brexit point, what's going to happen after Brexit is all costs are theoretically going to increase. 
So if you're taking on a new member of staff or you're actually investing in your existing staff and your existing infrastructure, that's theoretically going to have a natural increase. So are you in a position to do that now and are you in a position to do that after Brexit? So the question we're being asked a lot is, do I buy new equipment now on the off chance prices go up? Or do I wait till Brexit has gone by, hoping that prices stay the same? Or if there is an increase, am I actually able to take on that new member of staff? Am I actually able to grow the business in the way we do it now? Or do we have to diversify and do things differently, utilise technology in a way where costs can be reduced? Interestingly, I went into my local quarries and I was looking for an iMac, this was about a year ago. And it came to about £2,200, the equipment, and it was on a business lease plan. And they said it's going to be £100 a month over four years because you're leasing it. However, if you go and spend an extra £800, take it over 3000 it's still only £100 per month over four years. You wouldn't know that as a person, but to go in and talk to me like that as a business, and it, it has to be very specialist equipment for that because it's a lot of money, £3,000. It makes you wonder, doesn't it, how you know how even the retailers now want our business as well, whereas in the olden days it always used to go to a, a dealer and making cost effective, and it's, that's, that's affecting small businesses as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's always the case that the bottom line is what small businesses are going to be looking at, and it's that cost per month or cost per item that's going to ultimately define whether they purchase a new product or service or don't. And if you can make it a way that um, a cost is reduced in whatever sense that might be and spread over a certain period of time, it's always more appealing to a small business because cash flow is king. From our point of view, we look at a lot of asset finance where if a customer has got to buy 10 computers, that might currently be £2,000 per computer. So it's £10,000 or £20,000 worth of equipment. After Brexit, that could be £30,000. So there's an increase of £10,000. If they can't afford to outstand that money, they'll look at ways of financing it. So spreading that cost over 36, 48, 60 months, something that's really appealing to a lot of people. But can they actually facilitate that cost over that time and is it worthwhile? So just going around the room, really, on the 1st of November, will your prices increase? Ryan from Biomi first. Mine won't, no. Mine will stay the same. Okay. Ryan from SEO Nuts? Yeah, at the moment it looks like ours will actually stay the same as well, purely for the art. And we don't have materials to buy in that are going to increase. The ROS rate's not changing, so at the moment ours is going to stay the same from what we can see. I think you've answered the question, Paul. From a services point of view, no, our prices will probably stay the same or reflect whatever charges or increases we have to sustain. But definitely from an equipment point of view, yeah, we expect to see an increase in what we purchase for clients in terms of equipment. That's quite worrying. Martin? Yeah, we're, we're expecting or we're, we're looking to keep our business costs the same from the 1st of November. Who knows what's around the corner? It's only here saying the minute what's going to happen on the 31st of October. So we're expecting and, and I'm looking to keep the costs all the same and we're noticing an increase in our phone calls from new customers saying can we have a new price so obviously there is price increases on our market from their current supplies so we won't mention the b word again <laughs> we've all had enough of that <laughs> yeah put it to bed yeah definitely and if we can put it to bed sooner rather than later but the, the key obviously is stability obviously the future now Forget the Brexit, but how is the future looking within your, your area of the industry? Because are we going to be looking for cheaper solutions if the pricing is going up? Are people going to be you know, up against the quality issue then of the products, etc., you know, or the websites, etc.? So where do we sit with the future, really? We'll start with Ryan. So where is the future of websites going? Because you're up against things like WordPress, Wix. How are you going to evolve to see a future ahead for, for website developers like your good self? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, there are obviously things that you mentioned. There's Wix, Webflow, Duda is a relatively new one as well and they're, they're getting better and the whole point behind them is it makes it easier for people to just with no experience just to get in and build a website in terms of coding you don't need that knowledge you can just get in and do it I think the value beyond the actual ability to put a website together is knowing 
how it should go together and why. There's elements of design in there that do affect how people interact with your website and that's not something, at least currently, provided by website builders. But you can't stop the future coming, you've got to adapt. And as you see it, you can evolve. At the moment, there's still a lot of value having someone build a website for you who knows what they're doing rather than building one on a website builder. But in five years, that could no longer be the case. And Ryan, obviously your, your business, you're great website builders, but you're also massive on search engine optimization. Yeah. What um, do you see the future? I mean, from Ryan's point of view, there's some great packages out there where people can design at the moment, but he's completely right in saying that it's still worth going out there and to, you know, consulting with professional designers for more bespoke solutions. At the end of the day, I think a lot of people out there now can tell what one of these templated websites look like from weeks and Squarespace and places like that where you can put it together yourself. And it doesn't always create the best business impression when you've got a website that looks the same as everybody else's. And we've actually found that we've got customers come on board in an SEO point of view that it seems to be more difficult to get performance SEO-wise out of one of these Squarespace or Wix websites for inquiry levels and to get them ranking better on Google than it would be for even, I mean, WordPress obviously works extremely well with SEO and custom CMS packages can work great as well. But these templated software that makes it valid for anyone to do so seems to struggle more to actually be crawled and ranked. I mean, in the future, they might probably release packages that it's all included in they might even have SEO methods included where everything's done for you. So massive somebody like you, Ryan, to form relationships with Ryan from SEO Nuts because the SEO could be the tie-in for the website. Absolutely. I mean, when you're thinking about digital marketing as a whole, you know, websites, SEO, all different facets, including social media, they all tie in together in a very intricate way, I, I personally think. And it's not really something you can do just having one. You really need to have a multitude of different routes to make it work like you can have the best website in the world it's, it's it's gold but it's still buried underground you know you need things like seo to be able to build the mind to actually get to it same for social media same for paid advertising like you you can't just have one and not the other it's a vicious circle really i mean as ryan said you can have a, the, the best looking website if no one can find it there's really obviously no point but then again, if you've got great SEO, but people can find it, you've got good links on social media, they get to your website and then it, it doesn't look great, then you, people aren't forced to convert. And then you've got to read, he's right in saying that it's, it's about the package that comes together because without the whole keys, you'll either get the, the, the people to your website and no conversions or you'll, you'll have a great, great converting website that gets no one to it. It's one thing I notice in, in, in my industry is that people don't understand that paying for quality material, once you get that quality material paid for, you can use it over and over again. For example, this weekend, I've done a lot of horse racing thing, and I actually went to one of my clients, and some pictures I took six months ago were on the front of his, his open day brochure. They said to me, do you mind? I said, no, of course not. One of the key in, in my industry is, is making the material available and to use over and over again. So that little bit of investment at the start saves a lot of money at the back end. What people tend to try and do is they try and use their phone. And don't get me wrong, if you can't afford videos or high quality videos or photos, then please at least get material on. But you know when it's off a phone. You can tell when it's off a phone or it's off a camera. So do you want people to know you're using your phone and not invested? And, and my attitude is, we've not invested in your own company, why should I invest in your company? Just going back to Martin, that really then relates to, to things like, you know, Vistaprint. They, to me, people who go on Vistaprint are looking for a cheap option, a lazy option, and no real expertise. I totally agree with, you know, the conversation of where we're going in, in years to come. Sadly, there's going to be a lot more in our industry of what we call the big boys going out of business because there's not going to be enough work out there which is obviously going to create a massive problem. And obviously the work is disappearing. It's a dying trade. Conversations that we have of the dreadful name of Vistaprint 
and then you know the second time around they come back to us and say we don't want to go there because cheap rubbish do you know what I mean and, and it's got their name all over it you pay for quality if you pay for quality from the start it looks good and works there's nothing more frustrating for, for me than seeing a graphic designer that prints because you know they don't print really good at graphic design but then they've sometimes got a franchise behind them. But they don't even see the prints, they don't even see the, the, the value of their work, Martin, do they? Whereas with your good self, it's there, it's in hard copy, yeah. it's touch, you know, touch feel. We try and offer the whole package, but we've always at first wants to admit that we don't graphics design hmm. because we haven't got the work to do it. We can't get it done. We've got a freelance guy that we use. It's not it's not what we do, it's not what our expertise is all about. We know that we can produce anything to do with live out printing, strength digital printing. And Paul, we come to you now, and you used to compete against the likes of Dell, HP, etc. but at least there was margin in it for builders. I mean, I remember the days when people built PCs in their, in their sheds. I used to work in the IT industry, and they'd come and order one motherboard, one case, one graphic card, one CPU, one set of SIMs, etc., and one monitor. Don't get that nowadays, do they? Simple just to buy a box, isn't it? But of course, you don't really get what you want, then you get what the retailer or the people are trying to sell to you or want to sell to you that's on offer. Yeah, you can end up being in one of two positions where you're either spending more than you need to to get a product that actually you're never going to use the benefit of, because maybe you're only using 10% of the actual capability of the machine, or you're being sold a completely inferior product, which is way below the specification you actually need, purely to meet a price point. The system building side of things has, has declined basically because the, the costs between buying one pre-made and the costs of buying the individual components and then paying the labour aspect to build it yourself is negligible. So why would you ever want to have all the hassle of independent components which carry independent warranties and various other grief for the person building it where you can just have one individual product which is covered warranty-wise by the likes of HP and Dell that in the event of any problems, HP and Dell will sort that out for you the responsibility is no longer yours. And I think that, from an IT industry point of view, is just something less for the IT company to actually have to look after. I think if that, ultimately, after Brexit, bringing the Brexit word back up again, <laughs> if that actually happens, especially in the coming 12, 18 months' time, I can see the system building side coming back. Because if you are paying 30 40% more for a HP computer, and you can buy the parts in from China cheaper and build it yourself, I can see that revolving back around to being a system builder environment again over pre-bought piece of equipment from HP or Dell. IT should be seen through the, the rough times, could be in for a good time over the next year or two. Possibly, but at the moment the prices between distribution of what HP and Dell are doing anyway are, are that competitive and, and cutthroat that you can get some very, very good deals. I think that brings me on to, to the final point of the podcast, the after service really for us all because it's massive. And, and I certainly want to start with, with Paul on, on the warranty which you've mentioned, how you compete with that. And then Ryan, you've got something really important on at the moment regards cyber security, haven't you? We'll start with Paul first. We, use, we just use them for the warranty, so majority of the time with HP and Dell, you have a three-year warranty with any new product, uh, 12-month warranty with all refurbished equipment, and in the event there's any problem, which is rare, you can ship them straight back to the manufacturers, they repair and, uh, and replace. Uh, or majority of the time these days with uh, business-grade products, they'll actually send an engineer out to your premises and fix them. So again, that's a job that your IT company is no longer performing, which means they no longer need to charge for. So covered in that warranty, which may only be a few hundred pounds for the coverage of the life of the machine, is well worth it because you actually get your repair, your replacement for a few hundred pounds. So the cost aspect at the moment is quite good. Where that would go if you went down the system builder route and you just found your memory or your hard drive has failed, you would then have to deal with the individual components for those manufacturers, which would add probably significant cost you would have to weigh up the benefits then between the cost of the repair and the cost of the initial purchase price, depending on the differences further down the line. 
I think insurance companies are the only ones that win, aren't they? Because you have to get everything insured these days. I certainly got professional indemnity for my industry. And Ryan, well, you've got something really interesting on the, on the horizon, haven't you? Cyber security. And- yeah, I mean, we started seeing the issue with the, the warranties, I think. But with all of our websites that we built, we offer 12 months warranty. So we, we guarantee our work and we, we would make any small uh, repairs. And if, if there's a lot of reason to why a, a website can cause problems, I mean there's a lot of malicious attacks with cyber security happening now and you, we do train people how to use their own websites because everyone these days wants to be able to add things to their own websites and make changes but they can cause problems as well and there's only so long we can offer to cover that for for free. We were just getting a lot of cases recently after the 12 month period people calling us up you know, saying this is a problem, this is a problem but it's out of our control, they don't have warranty, they don't have insurance but it's costing us time and money to, to fix those problems. So we're actually we're just about to introduce a website maintenance package where people who are after the 12 months have been built works can continue for us to support their websites and keep them secure. We have our own hosting where we can, uh, we've got a dedicated server and we obviously can ensure a certain level of security through that. We also encourage all our customers to have cyber insurance because people don't seem to be understanding the importance these days of what can happen to your website, uh, even though it, it can be hosted on a dedicated server on its own where it's not a victim to other websites that could be hacked on that on there but it could still be hacked as you know they can get into nearly anything these days so you know there's only so much you can do but if it does get hacked if that does happen you, you need some level of cover because it can cost your business thousands i mean if you don't have the right insurance in place on your e-commerce site it can be you can have a massive impact on your business because you've just lost a lot of people's sensitive private data but even if it's just a small content website it can still cause a lot of problems because when your customers land on it and see images linking to unwanted sources shall we say that it's going to put on off you, you know customers using your website and cost you thousands of pounds and we're about five months away from a massive security issue windows 7 aren't we paul yeah windows 7 ends january the 14th 2020 i think the last recorded count from microsoft was around 220 million devices still in use across the world so there's uh, still an awful lot of machines out there that are going to need upgrading um, from a cyber security point of view, um, we as an IT business now insist that all of our clients have cyber insurance as a, a matter of course, just as important as professional liability and public liability insurance is cyber insurance now. Uh, the increase over the past two to three years in ransomware viruses alone, the fact that you can track ransomware viruses from simply clicking an email, it's not always you, it might be a member of your staff, uh, can cripple your business. And because IT now is such a hair's trigger, whether the fact that five minutes to five hours worth of downtime can be catastrophic in terms of your business's running capability and also from a financial point of view if you don't have cyber insurance backing that up you've got no way of covering that loss and i think we all know the hackers are um keeping their hacks back until the security stops with windows 7 because if they do if they hack now windows will create an up the security update for it whereas when the support stops, of course, that'll stop. And Ryan, that's going to affect a lot of websites, isn't it, that you've managed and things? Ryan covered it really, really well, actually, when he was talking about it. I mean, at the moment, I do offer a web host package for ongoing maintenance. And the idea is simply, you know, I understand that you have a business you want to run and you don't necessarily want to run the website. So you don't worry about that. I worry about that. Um, and that's how we, we've run it. And it works well, quite well at the moment. Um, you always get people who sort of handle it themselves but they don't realize all the aspects that go into it like websites aren't static so you have updates that need to be done you have security issues that come in as, as ryan said you know i've had um, someone come to me and say 
don't know why this has happened, I can't access the website, and you look into it and you go, well, this plugin you've been using for X amount of time has actually been removed from WordPress.org because it has been known to have such security issues. And it's that sort of thing. So many people at the moment are getting uh, like spam comments from Russia or Russian emails, um, you know, and dealing with things like that. It's not a skill set that people innately have and they don't want to take the time to learn and they don't want to know. You don't. You have to learn it, then how do you know what you're doing is right? A skill set behind it, I think, that you can sort of take away from people as a requirement and there's value in that. And then of course, Martin, even the likes of your good self and, uh, and my business, we have to be very careful with data these days because GDPR, don't we? So, you know, it affects all of us, doesn't it, all small businesses? Yeah, it does, yeah. I mean, we, we um, any data now that comes through to us for mailing, we have to put through a secure site, whereas normally, even down to two years ago, we could just basically email it to us, um, the files, and we would, you know, get the report ready for Royal Mail. Whereas now, underneath the GDPR rules, we're not allowed to do that. Um, it has to be a secure site, secure web. We have to be extremely careful in what we do with people's data. And of course, designs that come across to you from other people as well, they're, they're vaults that client, aren't they? They've took the time and the money and the energy to design that, and you don't want to well, yeah, compromise I mean, that. Everybody thinks that that a graphics designer when it comes down to designing a leaflet they think they've got the best computer that ever walked and they can think they know what they're doing do you know what I mean mm. and that, that, that's only again from our question you know our very first conversation we had with Munna if they just invest a little bit more then obviously the product is, is much better and let the professionals do what they're trying to do so to finish us off on this podcast we'll come back to the IT expert who has all the answers Paul? I'll just touch you back on Ryan's comment about um, servers and making sure that people's websites are hosted correctly. As well as Windows 7 going in January, you've also got various operating systems. Uh, 2003, 2010, 2008 uh, are all coming to an end at the same time. And a lot of people who are sort of third party companies hosting websites will maybe having their sites hosted on operating systems that come January will be end of life and will suffer the same risk as what Windows 7 does. So if you have got your website hosted with a company that doesn't maintain and check what their systems are currently running, you may end up having ultimately a website that's hosted on an insecure server. So not only is your website secure, but the server it's hosted on isn't. So they can get onto the server, which means they can get onto your website. On that cheerful note, thank you all for attending today. It's been a pleasure listening to the conversation. Many, many good topics. For the people out there, if you want to speak to these experts, and they are experts in the field, uh, they will be uh, commented below or they will be tagged below. Um, please do get in touch with them. Please talk to them. And remember, if you are dealing with a small business, you're not paying for a director's salary, you're not paying for uh, anything else other than to pay their bills at home and support small businesses. Uh, my name's Ben Coates. I've been proud to host today. Thank you very much for listening.